Welcome to A Life That Lasts. I am your host, Kendall Keeler, author of Your Last 24, a book about courageously facing death. I'm here with my friend, Nancy Angle, a mom, a grandma, a writer, and a cancer warrior. Together, we are discussing each chapter of my book and interviewing various guests who can provide helpful perspectives on this often avoided topic of death. You can find lots more information about us, the podcast, and my book at kendallkeeler.com. That's spelled K-E-N-D-A-L-L-K-E-E-L-E-R.com. Hi, courageous friends. I'm Nancy Engel, and this is episode number nine of the podcast. It's a cold Saturday, the 30th of January, 2021, as we record this. We're going to continue talking through Kendall's book, Your Last 24, and we are going to be discussing our eight, Discovering Purpose. Discovering Kendall. Purpose. That's an important thing. In Very. A, yeah. In a world in which terrible things happen, in which challenging things happen, in which life is filled with things that we wish wouldn't happen or we True. wonder why they're happening why 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 that's one of the questions we talked about from an earlier chapter is we ask why and asking that why question is a question of wondering about the purpose behind mm -hmm. something and so this particular chapter is i hope an invitation for people to discover, at least to begin discovering, the purpose behind death. Why in the world would God even allow death to occur? And as we begin that conversation in this chapter and moving forward through the rest of the book, I ask this question at the opening of the chapter. What if humans were created with a divine purpose. People are looking for their value. Why am I here? What am I here for? And I propose to everyone who is listening, consider what if you were not just a product of your parents' love, you're not just a product of an accident. You were appointed for a divine purpose. You're here for a reason. For such a time as this. Yes. In this time, in this place. Yes. And as I ponder that question of what if I and what if you and what if our listeners are here for a divine purpose if that is true then obviously the next question is what is that divine purpose yes and so I go on and I'm going to read another section here on page 43 as a loving God he would not create humans for selfish gain and therefore, they could not be designed as programmed robots. See, if our purpose is just to be a robot and do whatever the master says, <laughs> you know, that is not the divine purpose that we see in Scripture. I ask this question, could it be 
that God would want to create creatures like himself. So the divine purpose would be he wanted to create creatures that are similar to himself. Right. And what are the things that make us similar to him? Like the joy of a parent seeing their child mimic their characteristics. Have you seen that with any of your children and grandchildren uh, mimicking, doing things that are similar to... It can be creepy sometimes. <laughs> so real. Yes, yes. They can do things. And sometimes when we see that happen, we're like, uh-oh. Yeah. I do, I do that, don't I? And yes, it can be a little scary to see that happen. But it can be a beautiful thing when that happens. And so could it be that this benevolent creator God desire that humans mimic him? But yes. if that was the purpose of his creating us was to mimic him, some people would uh, call that following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, Obeying God, mimicking him, do, doing what Jesus, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Right? That was a book that was popular many years ago. But to do that, voluntarily reflecting God would require that the creation of creatures would be that these creatures would have choice-making abilities. Choice-making abilities. Mm -hmm. Now... I know that this can get into something that people debate over. How much human choice do we have? How much free will is there? How much divine sovereignty occurs? And people can get caught up in a whole lot of confusing talk. And so I'm going to lean heavily on a quote that I read after I wrote this book and when I read it, I was like, man, I wish I would have put this in the book because it's so good. But that's the way life goes. You keep learning as you go. And this quote is from C.S. Lewis. And when he wrote this in The Case for Christianity, I just think this hits the nail on the head about how God created us. And the, the, the way he created us really communicates a powerful purpose that he has for our lives. And so C.S. Lewis says this, God created things which had free will. That means creatures can go wrong or right. Some people think they can imagine a creature which was free, but had no possibility of going wrong. But I can't. If a thing is free to be good, it is also free to be bad. And free will is what has made evil possible. That's a powerful thought right there. Free, free will is what has made evil possible. Why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. A world of ultimata, of creatures that work like machines would hardly be worth creating. The happiness which God designs for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntarily united to him 
and to each other in an ecstasy of love and delight compared with which the most rapturous love between a man and a woman on this earth is mere milk and water. And for that, they've got to be free. So that's probably something I will quote in my second book. <laughs> it, it's powerful and yeah. true. Yeah. So how do I summarize that for me personally? When I think about this idea of discovering purpose, our purpose, if we were designed by a benevolent creator who truly gave us freedom to choose, mm -hmm. then our purpose is ultimately to choose the good. If we choose the bad, then we end up with a world that nobody likes except the person who is currently the most powerful one in the room. But what death teaches us is that the ability to be the most powerful one in the room doesn't last. It never will. Every dictator who's ever lived, everyone that's had a gun, everyone that's, you know, scared people, every abuser, everyone who's done massive amounts of evil, they all ended up at some point mm -hmm. losing their power. Mm -hmm. So we have a choice to make. The purpose that we have in life is to choose either good or evil. I just can't even fathom... Um not believing in each individual life having a purpose. Mm. I know that there are people who, as you said, would believe that we're just a random act, mm -hmm. <laughs> a random being. We're here today, gone tomorrow. And the thought of living in that just would drive me to depression yeah i love knowing that there is a purpose for my life we talked about a purpose for the pain there's a purpose in death there's a purpose for each and every person if dare i say it every life matters mm -hmm. yeah and i'm i'm especially thinking of those who are walking in a, a valley of suffering what is my purpose now when we when we experience loss? Mm -hmm. um, what is my purpose now? I can't do the things I used to do. Um, what God, what do you want me to do now? Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing that when Christ came to this earth, he came in weakness. Mm-hmm. And when he died, he died in weakness. Mm. Jesus didn't float down from the sky in all kinds of power and glory. glory. Yeah. <laughs> and then just float back out. Yeah. Without demonstrating that our existence can be supernaturally powerful and influential even in our weakest moments mm -hmm. what what two parts of jesus life are most celebrated his birth, birth when he was a vulnerable baby that could not have existed without his mother's milk and without his father's care we celebrate that mm -hmm. and we celebrate his death mm -hmm. and resurrection 
which was another time where he was the most vulnerable. You mentioned about wanting to be, striving to be the most powerful person in the room. Mm -hmm. I thought of this, I thought of Jesus. Yeah. That was not his, he came to serve. Yeah. He came as a servant. He came in humility. Mm -hmm. And when we follow in that path, we are truly choosing well, if you will. Yeah. And I think another step to take in this whole thought process is every life has purpose. Not just the lives that are um, in the power mode, mm -hmm. but those who maybe were born with challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a member of my family that we don't know what the future holds for him. Um, but I believe with every fiber of my being that God has a purpose mm -hmm. for him and it will use him for good yes. as he chooses yes. to uh, give his life to God. You know, yeah. I just, every life has meaning yes, and purpose. Yeah. And I want to find that purpose for me for, you know, every day. Yeah. Are yeah. we asking God, what, what is your purpose for me today? Yeah. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about Christianity and following Christ is that it's only through following him and the teachings of scripture that we discover that through our weakness, mm -hmm. that his strength is demonstrated the strongest. And so it is throughout history, Christians and Christianity that have demonstrated value for the least of these, we yeah. might say, yeah. those who may have physical or mental disabilities. And why is it that Christians show value for the least of these? It is because when Christ told a parable about what our conversations with him might be like when we get to heaven— he will evaluate the impact of our life, this idea of a life that lasts, we're calling this podcast, yes. the valuation of our impact, our life that lasts, is how we treated the least of these. Mm. We need to treat them as if that is Christ. And I had a experience over the last year in 2020 where God was really, man, he was working on some things inside of my heart that I didn't really realize I needed to deal with. And it was through serving a person who was not changing as quickly as I wanted them to. <laughs> I thought, oh, this person, you know, I'll help them out for a little bit. I have a formula. For you. Yeah? <laughs> no, that's when oh. you go into a situation like that thinking, I know the plan. Just follow me. We'll we'll change you. Yeah. And that's it's so easy for us to think that's what we're called to do. And the truth is, we are called to try to help yes. give a, a a a hand that lifts people out of situations. But the reality is, Jesus said, You will always have the poor with you. Well, why will we always have the poor with us? It's because as we serve others, we are ultimately serving Christ. And in that interaction with Christ, 
who is currently in the form of this person in need, Christ ministers to us. Mm. And what Christ had to do through that person in the last year was help me to see things in my life that had to be worked on. Things like impatience, Mm -hmm. things like pride, Mm -hmm. where I thought I had the answers, Mm -hmm. where I didn't even want to show up if this person wasn't following the the suggestions that I had. (laughs) And I realized... That's too close to home, healer. Can we change the subject? (laughs) But it's true. I mean, so why are these people valuable? Why is a person who maybe has significant physical handicaps or significant mental handicaps, why are they valuable? It's because that person can help us become more like the person that Christ wants us to be. They can they can reveal to us character flaws that are in us. They become God's tool to help us grow. They become our teachers. Mm-hmm. Christ living through them in their weakness, mm-hmm. they become strong. That sounds kind of like a Bible verse. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I had to think of the verse in Ephesians 1, which I absolutely love from the Passion Translation, um, talking about as we choose to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each one of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I don't want to get into the whole all of the theology, but... The bottom line is, God planned good works for me to do. Mm-hmm. And as I walk in them, I find my purpose and my destiny and fulfillment mm-hmm. and all the blessings of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Even in my weakness. Yeah. That idea of God having a plan for us, I think sometimes we get caught up on, well, God, would you just tell me exactly what the plan is so I can follow it? Or we yes. get caught up in... Well, uh, God sovereignly orchestrated all the things that were going to happen in my life. And so I just have to trust, you know, every everything that he planned is going to happen. It, almost like this fatalism. Yes. And I think we we lose the the meaning and the and the powerful beauty of that verse is that uh, for me, it's helpful to think about a parent being a parent. Yes. And. I know that I think about, wow, God designed us to be parents because he wanted us to learn some things about his relationship with us as his children. And as a parent, you can have beautiful plans for your children. Mm -hmm. You can set up all of the steps that they could take. You can provide all the resources you can you can send them to school you can you can do all of these things to to say my child i have beautiful ideas of how your life could become everything that yes. that you and your uniqueness could become but there is still a choice yes in the hands of that child 
And we have to recognize, for some reason, God has chosen in his sovereignty to give us free choice. Mm-hmm. Sounds like kind of an oxymoron, but that's just the way our world is. Mm-hmm. He has chosen in his sovereignty to give us the freedom to choose. I today could do some really good things or I could do some really bad things, but God has a plan. And if I'm willing to say, Lord, please just guide me. Yes. I want to make good choices. It's so comforting. It's so beautiful to know that God loves us enough to say, I'm not just going to throw you out there with any kind of, you right. know, I'm going to provide for you a plan. I point out from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that seems to be the clearest expression of God's purpose for us as humans when he created Adam and Eve. He said this, let us make humans in our image after our likeness, so this idea of mimicking God. He, he wanted to make us in a way that we could mimic him, which means we have the ability to make choices. But then the next sentence gets even more specific. And let them have dominion. Mm-hmm. This idea of dominion is really expressed well in a series of videos called The Bible Project. Have you ever heard of The Bible Project? No. So the Bible Project has done awesome graphic videos, and they do this great job. I'll I'll make sure I put a link in the show notes here to to let people uh, watch this video about this this concept of dominion, how we have been called to reign to to be like little mini rulers, a ruler, a king, to uh, rule in our little sphere of influence, and be like God, mimic Him. Almost like a parent who says to a child, here's your room, you need to keep it clean. So this analogy of a parent who tells their child, here, this room is your responsibility. Your domain. Yes, this comes from C.S. Lewis. He actually uses this analogy in The Case for Christianity. And he says that a parent can have a purpose a plan, a desire, the will of the parent, almost like the will of God is for us to make good choices. The will of the parent is for that child to keep their room clean. But it is also the will of the parent that allows that child the freedom to potentially not keep their room clean. And so what does the parent do if they discover that the child did not keep the room clean? Well, the parent, if they love the child, gives some sort of discipline to hopefully wake them up and make them realize, I should probably clean my room. But they still have the freedom to choose. Right. And so we, too, have been given by God this amazing dominion, Mm -hmm. this domain, our sphere of influence, where we can make decisions. And that's our purpose. That's our calling is to choose the good. And hopefully be able to truly have an impact, not only in this life, but for eternity. 
the way I word it in my book here is this godlike capacity gave humans significant power and influence. The human ability to choose is an amazing gift, but it is also a heavy responsibility. When God gave humans the ability to choose good, he also gave them the freedom to choose evil. And next time I will we'll be getting into the next chapter in which we talk specifically about Adam and Eve's choice which did not work out so well. They didn't keep the room clean, you could say. And the title is uh, Consequences. Yes. So God has given us this choice. I, I love that analogy of the child's bedroom. That's really good. Yeah. Well, all the credit goes to C.S. Lewis. Thank you, C.S. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else from that particular chapter that you would want to discuss? Oh, there is so much in this whole thought process. And I feel like this is one purpose of your book. If I'm, tell me if I'm correct, it's to stir our thinking and yes. to challenge us to question how we are living and um, are we preparing for our last 24? Yes. How do we, yeah, how do we walk that out? So I feel like this chapter really did spur me to think a lot about purpose. And I hope it does the same for all of your readers. Yes, yes. That was definitely the goal. I knew that there's no way to answer all the questions. So for me, this book is intended to hopefully raise some of the right questions that yeah. we should be asking yeah. related to this topic of death. So, all right. Well, good conversation. And we'll look forward to the next time uh, where we'll... Get into chapter nine, consequences. Hour nine. Hour nine, yes. <laughs> and if somebody wants to read that, uh, you're welcome to pick up a copy of, of my book on Amazon. and um, Or you can just listen next time and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. So hopefully it'll come up in your podcast feeds in whatever way you choose to do that. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear back from you. Yes, there are a number of ways you can provide feedback. You can send an email. If you go to my website, kendallkeeler.com, there's a link on there where you can uh, send an email to me. Or if you um, would like to actually do a voice memo, you might be able to uh, be on the show with a particular question. So if you happen to be reading through this book, if you have a particular question, or if you are listening to this podcast and a question comes up in your mind or a comment. Or a comment. Uh, we welcome you uh, choosing the record a memo button on this podcast and uh, send us your questions, your comments, and mm -hmm. maybe you'll end up on one of our future shows. That's our show for today. Blessings to you and to those you love. We're glad you have been listening to us talk about living a life that lasts. Now, it's your turn. Courageously, sacrificially, live this week in such a way that your life will be a life that lasts. Mm -hmm.